0: Welcome back to the PropTech Ramble. I'm Michael Grant.
1: Hi everyone, I am Charlotte.
0: Hey, yes, yeah, so I'm Sam. <laughs> <laughs> um, plug away. PropTech for us as, as Metricus and is, again, it's not just new, it is legacy as well.
2: Yeah, I think I've got to say, it's about the people, so like making things easier for the people in the building and also people who love the building. And if it doesn't do that, then <laughs> and I think a lot of what PropTech does is try and make, get those old buildings and turn it into something
0: that's a bit new. That's what it's all about really, apart from me rambling on like I'm doing now. So, uh,
2: that's why it's called PropTech right? <laughs> that's very true, that's
0: <laughs> very true. Hello everybody, welcome to another PropTech Ramble. Thank you for those people joining us live on Unisoo, Simpatico and YouTube. Uh, today we are talking about uh, offices and buildings of course. but we have uh, today Toby Crosby, Chris Davis, and Lewis Barker. Toby, rather than me do a really bad intro, could you do a quick intro, please? Yes,
1: yeah, so I'm Toby Crosby, CEO and founder of Making Moves. We're a, a relocation business based in central London, and we advise uh, companies on their, their office moves. Um, my role at the business is uh, general day-to-day running off the business. Uh, we spend a lot of time trying to improve and create a, a collaborative and productive uh, environment for our staff. And I'm not doing that. I'm doing it for our clients. So yeah, you
0: did. You just recently did Depop's office, which I've That's seen correct. is is actually yeah. very cool. Yeah, it's yeah. a lovely space. Yeah, yeah,
1: it's going to be uh, superb. I think they're actually moving in this week. So Are they? But yeah, yeah. Oh, so very cool. It's a massive project for us, but something uh, to be great to be involved in. Yeah.
0: Yeah. The, yeah. the images online look absolutely amazing. Yeah. yeah.
3: So. Chris. Um, Chris Davis. I'm CEO of Uncommon. Uncommon have uh, five spaces in London. Uh, flexible office building but I guess we we buy everything that we try and operate into so a slightly different model and um, it's all about the experience that we yeah. give to our clients it's making sure that our team are happy there as well Um so yeah it's, it's one of a uh, constant growth but doing it very meaningfully yeah. one step at
0: a time yeah yeah and you've also got some very cool spaces uh, I can't remember the one that's just around the corner from here. It's not far. Liverpool away. Street. Liverpool Street. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's quite a cool spot. Yeah, there's there's more plants than people. Oh, there there are. The first time yeah. I went there, I can't remember who it's I went to plants. meet in your building, but then I, walk, <laughs> I like walked that. in and I was like, there, there are a lot of plants here, but, <laughs> but it feels good when you walk in. Yeah,
3: so. it, it's a, it's a great space. It's um, it's, it's also a mini tower. Oh, so you look down the street yeah. you know, all the massive ones. You know, yeah, that's kind of like nestled in, full of plants. Basically a greenhouse. So yeah. I, 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 I'm I'm really a gardener. <laughs> <laughs> And Lewis.
2: Yeah, so thanks for having me on. Um, Lewis, I'm the Director of Workplace and Real Estate in Amir for a, a company called ServiceNow. Uh, they're a digital enterprise software company. Um, kind of, you know, as we were talking about earlier, you know, made their kind of mark in IT, but moved yeah. into HR, coming in kind of the workplace area as well. I've been there about four and four years now, and we've kind of gone through that hyper growth. So we have about two and a half thousand employees oh, well, in Amir right now. So- uh, probably about circa sixteen thousand globally. So uh, yeah, it's a and, and, great and, company. and growing, oh, growing, through, growing through acquisition.
0: The, the Mapwise yeah, one, right. as we were talking just before, was a really interesting one. Yeah, yeah. To help exactly. you find people and to help people find each other in in spaces. Yeah. So
2: yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's kind of you know looking to use our own product, but yeah. um, you know yeah,
0: interesting space. So so today, gents, thank you for joining me. Uh, we're going to talk about Maslow's hierarchy of needs. So. There is Maslow's hierarchy of needs for for humans, and our five needs are basic needs, which is food, water, warmth, and rest, safety needs, which is job security and and family and things like that, Uh, and love and belonging uh, needs, which is friendship and family as well, Uh, esteem needs, prestige and the feeling of accomplishment, Uh, self-actualization needs, so achieving your full potential, but in the building space, it's a little bit different, Uh, and it goes from core needs to space needs to productivity needs. And... I think as we were discussing again post the call, that people's, people's needs in that are different. But uh, as, as you were saying, uh, we, we need to get the base build right first. So HVAC, light, you know, water and power, given what you guys do, you would probably build it for someone like Chris. But how important is that for you to get right for the customer? And how much time do you spend talking to the customer about that? And, do they care more now than they did prior to COVID as
1: well? 100%, yeah. It's become, particularly the um, the, the air point to that, is yeah. um, in, a, in a post-pandemic world, I think there's a lot of conversation around air circulation and, yeah. uh, and the environment that you're providing for, for staff. There's, there's a concern, um, not just on catching coronavirus, but I think it's generally, it's kind of highlighted the issues that there are in a number of buildings around Central London, in particular, it's the market I'm working, but I don't think it's just Central London. where there's a problem with it, uh, and I, I get the feeling landlords are picking up on it and starting to, you know, sort of take note of it if they haven't been doing it already. But yeah, um, it's just kind of you know, big alarm bells are ringing that that needs to be sorted uh, and, and quickly because it, it so, was eight liters
0: per second. Right now, they're talking about ten liters per
1: second. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, cool. it's, it's hugely changed. And also the <clears throat> the other thing that we've noticed is. Um, just generally, that environment has become a big, much bigger question um, that the clients are now asking us. So they're actually saying to us, um, I would say that it used to be about receptions, views, and views. <laughs> that was the old thing. So yeah. like, how pretty does a reception look? Yeah. Do the toilets work and how great are they? And then the view was, you know, what can I see from my office? Yeah. Um, now it's more about those that that base build and making sure that that's correct um, before um you know before those things are taken into
0: consideration and from a core needs perspective chris from an uncommon point of view you are customer first very much apart from lots of plants how much of how much of that how how much harder is it sorry is it making this for you given we have everyone has to think about esg cutting carbon cutting energy costs but to pump eight liters per second ten liters instead of eight how much does that impact what, what you guys are doing? And have you seen energy uplift since having to do it? Well, the, the only one I'll add to that is probably the
3: internet as a core need. Like We can yeah. literally, every, everything else could be going wrong, but the internet, as long as that's on,
2: we're, we're <laughs> high, okay? So it, I'll add internet into this one, uh, or connectivity.
3: So, but in terms of like the base build, yeah, you've just getting it right. And especially in, I guess, the service office industry, Historically got it very wrong because it's been right, we want to go with big dense environments and we want to really work the system. But you then get into that whole other argument, which is actually well, how dense are serviced offices? Is. And I think most yeah. of them aren't actually that dense. But the getting the base build right, if you're just coming in from a kind of a cat B point of view, it's almost impossible. The landlord's made all these decisions. Yeah. You're then inheriting something that is just flawed. Yeah. But my argument was that it be flawed for any occupier, not just a service officer. Office yeah. yeah. So we spend a lot of time when take Liverpool Street. We spend a lot of time going back through and changing a lot of things to make sure that it did work. Yeah. Um, and we've got a new site that we're working yeah. on at the moment in Holborn that we're spending an awful lot of time making sure that that really, really works. Mm. And that battleground of air is definitely a huge one. I think people are just realizing. Well, I think there's some scary fact out there that the air inside some of the offices is ten times worse than outside. Yeah, it is. Yeah, and you kind of sit and you go, "So I'm spending all day in there." Yeah. <laughs> I, I I need to get this right. Yeah. Um. So, from our our point of view, the to get the base stuff right, because from a operational side, you can't go further up. You can't have people worrying about being too cold. All of these things, all of yeah. the elements yeah. that are in that core point, because. Then you'll just get complaints all day and you can't run an operation like that it's just inefficient well it's being massively
0: reactive isn't it yeah so which for service desk tickets that might be quite a good thing
3: but yeah (laughs)
2: well i was going to say from like an employee angle of what we heard you know like when kind of we were trying to get people back safety was the number one thing right Whereas in my opinion, I right, think it, that's it, starting to now. It's 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 number two here, but do you know what? Internet's not even in this. Oh,
0: in. <laughs> this is <basically laughs> a good work.
1: <laughs> Let's,
3: let's start writing all over. We only saw it days ago when everything
2: went down. Right? Let's, let's
0: rewrite yeah. our own, shall we? Yeah,
2: WhatsApp at the bottom. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly, yeah. Yeah.
1: But Sorry. I, you yeah. I
2: think going down to like the building infrastructure layer, you know, that, that yeah. was never on any C-suites radar, you know? And it became no. like no. kind of for us, a, you know once it was in the paper and stuff like that you know we we got more questions what are we doing about the AC is it you know and for all of our buildings we don't own them we we lease them so to a certain degree we are under the the control of the landlords because they will do what they need to do uh you know for the tenants in the building so
0: it's 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 interesting so we we do we, we work with landlords and tenants uh and we have a customer in Spain and they Put indoor air quality sensors in because they were all unhappy about the mm-hmm. the hot and cold spots on the floor. When they took that data to the landlord, we said, "What do you think they're going to do?" And they were saying, "Well, we don't know. They're either going to be proactive or they're going to stick their head in their sand." Fortunately, they were really proactive and said, "We didn't realise this. We're really sorry," and they got on it straight away. Mm. I think given now indoor air quality is such a big, everyone's become an indoor air quality expert mm. because of COVID, but it's such a big thing. If you don't do anything with it, people will vote with their feet and they'll, at the end of their lease, they'll go or they- will Yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: I think that's why we might be skipping the gun, but you know, in terms of like enticing people back and actually signing up to longer leases or even flexible leases, you know, if if, if the landlord isn't willing to do that type of stuff, that will be a deterrent to like yeah. a customer coming in. Yeah, at the time. Yeah.
1: yeah,
2: yeah.
0: So, so base build, is hugely important. HVAC is probably the number one. Lighting is coming into it. There's a new British standard coming out called BS40102, which you might be interested in, which is the requirement to monitor indoor environmental quality rather than just air. So light and noise come into it. Yeah. But a lot of people don't think about light. It's either light enough or not light enough, but actually light does play a big role, right? In in how people feel in a space, whether it's really bright white or it's warm light or certain times of the day that, uh, I mean, we measure light with, with hardware partner sensors, but I don't know if that's, that's kind of taken a back step to yeah. indoor air quality at the moment.
1: I think there's, it depends on the industry as well because we, we advise across multiple industries. Um, from you know, our real core really it's like creative businesses and, yeah. and fashion and technology. That's like where the majority of our clients come from. Creative businesses love natural light, so they like big open plan spaces, you know, roof terraces roof lights bringing in as much light light as you possibly can but then you've actually got another side which is like the technology gaming sector which actually don't like natural light because it reflects off the (laughs) screens. so (laughs) (laughs) rooms. exactly yeah so it's actually very difficult for a landlord because you're kind of you're trying to create these amazing you know bright spaces but actually the gaming companies are like when they walk into it they're often like "Mm, it's too much we can't take that uh, to a point where they're like can we put things on the windows to to stop the So I think you're never going to win. It's really hard for landlords to know what to do. But I think if you get that base right, at least you've got something to say. The, we the, work the, the comfort this. factor yeah. first, right? So yeah. if
0: you come in, there's good air quality, you know, because there's more and more studies uh, about CO2 and its effect on cognitive performance and productivity. Mm. If you can get that right. You can kind of do everything else. But if, if you've got an open space, it's fine. But if you're a gaming company, you want lots of small rooms to yeah. test. Unless you've got enough air going into those rooms, the gamers are... Yeah. Getting a hell of a lot of CO two within a few hours, yeah. and they're groggy and you know a, you're a bit drowsy. <laughs> thousand parts per million of CO two is equivalent to two pints of beer. It's yeah. a fact from Francesca Brady from RC, however they're rated. <laughs> uh, always one I like to use, uh, but it's it is it is important. I think you know going going up the stack here. You know safety and uh, security and safety. That safety comes into indoor air quality these days, not just you know safety and security in its in its original sense. Yeah. Was you know are there enough security guards in the building, you know, protecting us or whatever whatever the need is, especially in the US. Uh, space analytics, you know, space needs, space analytics, and flexible space. For you guys, that that must be hugely important to understand how people are using your space from a co-working perspective. Have you got enough space, you know? are people using our meeting rooms in in a way we intended yeah. how much of that is how much of how much of that drives your decision making when you're doing new builds yeah i mean
3: you basically i mean why we've been almost slow in one sense in, yeah uh, deliberately taking our time in each building is so that we can do all the learnings from yeah. the last one and but it's got a constant uh, constant process like there's a space down the that we over uh, I think it was what, about six months ago we went through and just changed and tinkered with and we've got a whole load more works that are gonna happen in Liverpool Street at Christmas that are, are the same thing it's like if this space is not being used it's got to change like it's got to be constantly evolving um, but that's just because real estate is also expensive so you want it to be well used and the yeah, clients yeah. enjoying it yeah. but definitely from an activity-based working style we make sure we have lots of different spaces in our building so that if a person wants to be at their desk for a concentrated task, fine, they should have to crack on with that one. Or they wanna go and have those kind of informal meetings, they'll go and do that in the coffee line, or they'll want to go into like secluded quiet space, that's over there as well. So it's about having those different cubby holes that work for people in different tasks. Um, yeah. And that's kind of the way people wanna be working now. Yeah. But it, you've gotta manage it.
2: Yeah. It's purpose led. Like yeah. I, I find that with our with our teams that are returning globally, it's always for a reason now, as opposed to being coming in five days a week. Yeah. You know, there's a reason, and it's either team led or management led. You know, that's definitely the trends we're seeing.
3: Yeah. On, on that note, like we've actually in this steps the last couple of weeks, we've had more people in our buildings than we had pre-Covid. Oh. So you kind of you then go right. So people really
0: are back. Like yeah, I, I have to say I've I've been out uh, I've been in it almost every day throughout the whole of lockdown and this week the trains are back to normal like like literally (laughs) no no space on trains anymore i I loved empty footpaths i loved having my own carriage but london is back right i mean our occupancy index is off the charts london's back yeah
1: yeah yeah. i had to queue for my coffee the other day i didn't know what to do (laughs) uh, it's it's amazing like you actually have to build in a bit more time (laughs) to get
0: yeah, the time you would normally take, yeah. mine used to be 45 minutes door to door, and today, trying to walk from, I didn't normally get on the front of the train, I got the back of the train, I'm like, wow, there's like hundreds of people in front of me now, what's what's going on here? So What are they doing? Yeah, do you know this is my platform <laughs> and my train these days, people? Uh, I need to jump back to some questions, because there are questions written down that people have actually asked, so I've been kind of ad-libbing for the first part. Uh, so, question. Question. Uh, I will come to you, Chris, on this one. Do you agree or disagree with the core space and productivity needs? If not, why not? Or would you add anything else, which you've already said internet because that wasn't on there, but... Um, Yeah, look, I think the core elements
3: just got to get right and it's just a given the problem is it's a bit of an evolving sphere and, yeah. and a lot of it and let's add all the esg stuff that's coming all the carbon elements in there we, we can do it a lot ourselves you end up scratching your head going so which way should we go and no one's really very clear about that yeah that's an issue when it's going to be a core thing for every business um so there's more that's going to be constantly added into that pile, and I don't think we have all the answers yet. Uh, and yeah, Carbon is such a, a, a big topic to go into,
0: especially in the real estate sector. Uh-huh. We could do another podcast yeah, just on that alone, right? So <laughs> it's ESG, SECR. Uh, and uh, I heard uh, someone told me a month or two ago, that, uh, and I don't know how accurate it is, but I, I, I've spoken to someone who does work there. PwC are hiring 4,000 ESG consultants over the next oh, yeah, three so years like that's huge right that tells you in itself that it's going to be really complicated for businesses do you hire someone or do you just you go and bring the expertise in and and help deliver it because no matter what happens you know this won't be the last pandemic hopefully it will be but you are you're right things are evolving faster than they ever have before because of, of lockdown
3: yeah, so. I've heard mean, the ESG point, like there's 250 million square foot of space in the London office oh, space, and how much of that is probably like 2% that's operationally carbon neutral, and you're kind of then going, right, well, okay, and how much space do we refurb a year? 15 million-ish square foot? Like, you, you're basically there going, and how long until we've got to, it's like 2030 when most people, yeah. you're going, the mass doesn't work, mm, yeah. so we're just gonna have all these assets that people can't go and be corporately in. That is a completely other topic. Than yeah, <laughs> <I> to <don't know. laughs> <is>. ramble. <laughs> so, so I, I guess next one could
0: could it, or any of you give examples from all of your experiences with your clients or your own offices where you've seen product productive space and core needs make a difference. I'll, I'll, I'll come to you.
2: Yeah, so it kind of goes back to the other point that in terms of when people are coming in now, it's the classic collaboration. It's not to really do solo work. Yeah, I think we were. I think I'm fortunate being in a technology driven company that everyone is set up for success at home. So really the office space there is a tool for collaboration. So I think the productivity factor is that, you know, they have the technology to enable them to do what they need to do, Uh, you know, listening to the business. We haven't seen a dip in that productivity. So I think the, you know, we're talking about reimagining the workspace, you know, we, You know, we are doing that in our workplaces and we will have to entice people back, not just because we want them to use our real estate, but because we want to add value. So that's definitely like the biggest kind of thing I'm concentrating on is how we, you know, look to add that productivity. Because I think workplaces always struggle to show how we add productivity for the business. So before, you know, we had people coming in, it was great if they had a great sales quarter, dev were doing great, but now they're doing it at home. So how do we, you know, I think that's an interesting one as to, how can we show we're at that added value now with our workplace? And I don't think anyone has the answer. Just yet. Uh, and, and but yeah. if someone does, uh,
0: <laughs> are you a service now asking people to come back, or is it choice or? or? Yeah.
2: So we extended choice. We extended choice like everyone like three times. Yeah. So it's now January. You know, yeah. they have choice to to do what they wish. Um, but whichever way it's going to be, they will have flexibility. And I think really, <laughs> especially in the EMEA market, you know, everyone had informal flexibility pre-covid yeah. but now we're actually having to formalize that yeah. you know and which is that has its own added complex with you know employee law and all that type of thing but you know it isn't necessary to we want them to use the real estate it's more we want them to be together from a cultural perspective yeah yeah that, uh, you know, everyone's talking about and Are you
0: changing the offices because of COVID? Are you changing for collaboration spaces?
2: Yeah, so we, we're definitely going towards that. We're going to, you know, we're looking at more modularization, so being able to be have more flexibility with the space yeah. as opposed to building, you know, solid walls and everything. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we're, we're looking to adapt. But I think, you know, service now, even though we're in that workspace, we don't have sensors, you know, we're yeah. still using badge data which has all of its faults, right? We can help you there. Yeah, I knew you are going to say that. <laughs> so, uh, you know, we don't have a great deal of data to yeah. actually inform that decision. And, you know, we, we have a reservation management system, but they could book a desk and never turn up, so what do we do? So yeah. it's very much where we're kind of slowly doing it and seeing what we, you know, we kind of forward in terms of, you know, feet through the door.
3: Yeah, no, Chris, you I Chris mean, that added value point is, that's literally what we've got to kind of solve like there's no there's no use just being effectively a box that holds laptops that's that's what and and i think that that all these trends were here pre-covid like it it, it was all about better space yeah yeah. it's just turbocharged we're now kind of saying it's got to be the best space people willing to pay for it yeah in that hierarchy of needs like you, you kind of people are coming along and saying i will pay for that best space because i know that my people will be more productive in here yeah, and we're just going to make sure that we kind of solve that, hence the sensory side. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it, it, it's all about you've got to give them a reason to be there.
1: Yeah, we we uh, we actually moved office during lockdown. We actually very uh, cleverly signed our lease two weeks before the, the first lockdown. So <laughs> in fact, being an office agent, that was a great, great one. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we didn't know so, um, how long it was going to go on for. But um, even before, Covid hit, we, we had everything designed and ready to go and one of the big things was, was changing the way we worked. so rather than, when you have a meeting people think you should go in a meeting room, uh, but what we changed within our office is we oversized our breakout area, so our breakout takes up probably about 30% of our office space and the reason that we've done that is that we want it to be a space that is multi-use so we have parties in there there's a big screen on the TV, people can um, play games on it we can have team meetings on it we've had uh, client presentations in it we've had uh, we, we've hosted events in it so it's become this like multi-collaboration space and that that's the best thing we ever did because now people want our staff want to be there yeah, they want yeah. to be in the office and it's great because we're now bringing clients to our office to say this is you know this is the example this is how you should do it and it's now got to a point where our boardroom, uh, sits there empty. So we're now questioning, do you need that boardroom? boardroom Could you yeah. actually remove yeah. it? Like, why? Yeah. You feel, I've, I've been doing this for 15 years, you feel like you should have a boardroom because that's what everyone <laughs> has. But it's like do, you actually, like, do you actually use it? Do you need it? Yeah. And what do you get from it? So it's kind of like, I think that's what's going to happen over the next few years is just things change. But as you said, I think it's changing anyway. Yeah. It's just that the pandemic's coming It's accelerating yeah. it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, the next one is how would you go about implementing a hierarchy of real estate needs based based on this? What would, so I'll come back to you on this one, if, this, is, this is about a new build almost, this one. It's, you know, how would you go about re- implementing this? What would be your kind of, I mean, apart from the base build, of course, with internet? Yeah, with internet. <laughs> once you've kind of,
3: it, well, it's, it's exactly that point. It's, it's thinking about, well, how do people actually want to use this space to get the most kind of engagement uh, like we have a lot of amenities in on buildings It's for that point that they come and have coffees up there but yeah. like how many conversations genuinely need to be in a private meeting room really we have those as well obviously for all of our members that need that and there are times that that is exactly the right space to be but you've got to have like flexibility around it and it's got to be able to be the party area it's got to be able to yeah. be the uh, that the breakout space whatever it kind of needs to be it's got to be able to revolve on that one um so yeah that's
0: kind of my thoughts i guess I, on I, it. I think your point and and, and your point as well to is is about it's you need you need you, people need to want to come back yeah. you know forcing them back like in you know a lot of public sector i think has got a long lot of change to happen yeah. you know because they they will have to force people back because they're all their buildings are old and horrible and yeah. they never yeah. really upgrade them that, that's a whole other story, but mm-hmm. I think you're right. I think the requirement for people that want to come back, and it depends, you know, we've got a very young team, most of them out there today, we, we, we had no one in the office and now everyone wants to be back, number one, because they either weren't living in London before, yeah. and they live in London for a reason, so they can go out and they can do things after work. We happen to have quite a good office, it's not as good as yours, don't tell my team. Uh, but, I can you, sort uh, of <laughs> good, <laughs> we'll talk after this. <laughs> It is, the, it is the want to come back, not the you have to come back. That, that, that I think, is the biggest change yeah. that I think have, that we've seen dealing with customers, whether they be landlord or tenant. Landlords are saying, I need people to come back and I need to entice them. I can't just say where it, you know, I wouldn't want to come in after the street because the buildings are still going on, but, you know, HB Revers building across the road is awesome, but, you know, not just because of the location, but because of, the, you know, the roof garden and everything yeah. else that's a building you want to go into. Oh, yeah. If it's like, oh, do you know what, I've been working at home for 12 months, it's so much nicer than the shitty old office I used to work in and it's stuck in the corner with no air yeah. quality, yeah. That, that's... But, but that, they'll just yeah. leave the company. Yeah, they will, yeah, so, yeah. Like, people will just vote with their... There, there, there was what, a survey I, about this
3: not, not long ago, actually. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's why though people are like actually on tours now, it's not just the finance and the property team that's there, it's actually being driven by HR. I think people have finally worked out that they look at their overhead 70 60 to 80 percent depending on what industry you're in is actually staff costs so if my staff are happier because they're in a better office and a better environment Maslow hierarchy of needs it does all of that yeah then it's worth paying whatever rate it is because you're getting almost a 10x return yes so like that extra two pound fifty that might be negotiating it it doesn't matter it's completely irrelevant Yeah. staff that they're more productive, they're happier, they stay longer, it's easier to recruit, all of these things. So it's all about the people. Yeah, yeah, yeah I agree. Because we, yeah. we were having that
2: same conversation on retention today, it's especially in the tech space where it's just all so competitive, like everyone's yeah. undercutting yeah. everyone Mate, it's, it's, that, it's, right? Yeah, there's, it's, it's tech crazy, too. you can't hire enough people at no, the moment. No, exactly, <laughs> and I, but I think I see it as more like a holistic view, because I think if a, if a business comes and specifically talks about the office to say how great it is, we want you to come in, and people will kind of see the underlying tone I think. Whereas, if it's kind of like a holistic message about, hey, you can work from anywhere. You have this option, this option, this option. Then it's like, oh, great! I have choice. I have, you know, as to yeah. different things. I think, you know, communication, change management is going to be huge in terms of if your company's successful, whatever that looks like for them. Yeah. In terms of how they, how they return.
1: I think there's there's two bits to it as well. there's, there's actually getting people back, and then there's keeping them states that's what chris said isn't it that's about you know paying a little bit more extra for
0: per square foot because what people don't necessarily take into account i don't think and as as an ops person you try and keep you you know you look at every cost you know present and future Mm -hmm. if you don't retain people your cost of employing someone and training them up there's a cost for that there's the cost of then needing to recruit if they leave someone else then all of that knowledge and time you spent is lost if you just Treating people well is just a given, right? But yeah. if they're in a space that they love,
1: yeah.
0: that's, like you said, you know, Maslow's, the, you know, the, the love and the, you know, the, the food, water, warmth and rest and security and everything else, it, it, it all happens, right? If, yeah. if, if you've got a good space, productive space and a space where people want to be and like yeah. to be, it, it ticks all
1: the boxes. So yeah. it also allows that kind of FOMO, that fear of missing out, yeah. If they see the people that are at home, will see the people out in the office going, This is great, you know, we've got all this staff, we've got this new office, and then he kind of creates that I'm missing out here, yeah, you know, being yeah. in the office, it, it will it will get people back, you yeah. encourage that move back. So. Yeah.
2: But I think like yeah. on like me looking from our side and having having conversation with HR, then you have that conversation around well we actually want a quality between the people that are remote and the people that are in the office yeah, you know which is upgrade every, upgrade <laughs> everyone's house <else>. yeah yeah <laughs> right i think you, you kind of opening up Pandora's box yeah, you yeah. know where's yeah. the money thing and i yeah. think like uh, what we find in w- the conversations with you know with the business and the people that are coming in is is literally our first step once they Get past the commute and they're in. They're like, oh, it's not too bad, you know. And then I am kind of like, well, spread the message, you know, it's not that bad when you're in, like, you know. It's but if, if there,
0: there is a there is a fine balance. So GSK is a customer of ours. They did a survey and they put a survey out of how many people would want to work from home permanently, and it was actually lower than people expected. But the people who wanted to work from home permanently were people with two-hour commutes or more. Yeah. So it's like I can understand why you why you want to work from home, but Anyone less than that, you know if you've got a good space, you know I'm a wife and three kids, my house is chaos. I, I want to be in the office yeah, yeah. but a, a, a good office. Mm-hmm. so you know that again, depending on how young you are, depending on you know even an hour an, an hour's travel, in, in, I think the average travel to an office in London is something like an hour and a half or something. so' that's, that's average. but okay. if you are two hours and, or two and a half and our Ops director, she comes in a couple of days a week, but she's got a two and a half hour commute. Now. Mm-hmm. So that that I can understand. But if you're an hour, 45 minutes wanting to get there and go to the office, like you say, because it's awesome and then you know, fear of missing out, mm. you just come in, right? Yeah. You, you just come yeah. in and spend time in the office. But when you're in that office, making it as productive as possible, yeah. meeting the people you need yeah. to meet, doing that's, the meetings you the need to do, mm-hmm. seeing the customers you might need to see. Yeah.
2: yeah.
0: That's, I think, the difference has happened as well. People, are, when the people come to the office, they're a lot more organized when they were before because you should just go to the office. Yeah. Yeah. Now, if you're going to the office, you have to be more productive because you've got to book. You know, you know, is Chris in? Is Toby in? You know, who who's who's in that I need to go and see. Yeah. And if they're not there, what am I going to do? Or do I really need, need to go in? But. Yeah.
2: And then that's that tech factor. Yeah. In there as yes. well, right? Like, yes. how do I know when people are in the office? You know, yeah. That's.
3: I, and, I, and I do think we still like Teams and Zoom like. You just lose everything. There's a reason four of us are sitting here, not just on a Zoom yes. call. Yeah, that it was. Like, <laughs> 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 but, but like, you hold a meeting and if there's four in a room yeah, yeah. and two, three yeah. people aren't. It, it's very difficult it to have, and you get you lose that human side. You do. around yeah. the edges of like when we finish this and then start talking about something else. And
0: yeah, once, really you, once you've hung
3: up the video, you're done. Yeah, right? whereas. You're out.
0: We talked before this started, and we'll yeah. talk after this started, yeah. and we might even go to the pub. But yeah. the person who was on the video, that they've kind of out of sight, yeah. out of mind now, right? Yeah,
2: it's, it's like it, we so we just built that customer briefing center. What I was saying, and you know, spent X amount on the technology, and we're holding customer briefings, and you know, people are dropping off on the Zoom call because it's not working, or it's not, you know, they can't have that connection with yeah. the client, you know. So I think the technology has got a long way to go to replicate this. Yeah.
1: I don't think it will ever get there, really. Unfortunately, I don't, you can't, you can't you know. read body language on a on a video call. Like if we're pitching to clients, or we, have, you know, we're having internal meetings, or even, you know, just being with your mates in the office, you read body language. So if you've got a, a, a staff member who's having a bad day, that's very hard to read on Zoom. You can pick it up within two minutes of a in the office. office yeah, you can, you can deal with it. Well, when you're on Every Zoom, time, you're like this,
0: or like that. Yeah, well, it's um,
1: you can't you. Body language is, is, is key. You know, when yeah. we pitch, we always try to do face to face pitches, and we still do now. And it's of dependent, but, um, you know, trying to pitch with a colleague, um, you know, one of my colleagues, I've worked with him for five years. Um, we did a first pitch on Zoom during the lockdown. It was terrible because oh. it, you're so used to being. You know that nod over. You ready? You know your bit. Yeah. You know, just that, that instant reaction you have with somebody. You don't have that on Zoom. It's, it just doesn't work. It's 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 really hard. So. Do you not raise your hand. So, <laughs> like, my, my turn. So. It is. I, I don't think
0: that'll ever. No. I don't think that'll ever change. And if you're if you're in a meeting, whether, whether you guys are talking about something about service now, wanting to bring people in, like your acquisition of Mapwise. I don't think that was done over Zoom, right? But, you know, figuring out how you integrate that into your system to make it seamless, you're not going to do that over Zoom. Right. You know, the, you just, you, you can't do it, you know. And, and big big deals, big events, big big meetings, they, they have to be face-to-face. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's an interesting one. Although I have to say I was at the Smart Building Show this morning. That, that was, was, there was not a lot of people there. I thought first, first major event back, it'll be packed. There, was, there weren't that many people, so I'm glad we didn't buy sand. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, So the next one, so I think we've already kind of answered this while talking. It says, do you think there has been a shift in workplace needs? Yes, we've all kind of asked that. Uh, from What have you seen from a client perspective, given,
1: you know... In, in terms of work? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the, the big word is obviously hybrid. Everyone talks about that. That's, that's kind of, I'd say, one of the biggest... Um, requirements uh, from our clients. Um, there's definitely um, our, our technical team are doing a lot of reshifting of current offices, so in terms of looking at space plans, how, how they're, um, how they're, they have been laid out and how clients now want them laid out. I would say that there is an element of boxing in spaces to create smaller Zoom-style spaces because they just have to deal with that, whether that's a long-term thing or yeah. not. Um, and then also a reduction desk, um, amounts and sizes. So we've definitely seen people wanting to clear out desks to an extremity where you know you now have clients <laughs> that just want lounge sofas and um, and, and high benches where like, people can come in, drop in, work for a bit, go into a meeting room, have the meeting, come back out. So that, that demand from that side has, has definitely changed. Um really dependent on sector as well. Yeah. Um so but again these things were all happening before. Uh, just accelerated. Again, you know, there's collaboration, hotel lounge style, hotel lobby style spaces that that was all coming into the market anyway. So it's, um, that those those demands have always been there. It's just that they're becoming more and more, um, uh, important to, to our clients from a, a co working space perspective, Chris.
0: You need more people at desk, but you obviously don't cram them in like some do, but. How, how how do you work out the balance with how much collaboration space you need as as opposed to desks where lots of people are ripping them out? We, we're, we're working with a customer just off the M4 and they've just, they've roofed out like 20% of their desks yeah. to, to have collaboration spaces, but you can't really do that. Well, I mean, it's how we kind of,
3: we, that's almost exactly the business model that we've had. We've got a list of MC that came to us and said, we don't know what we want. And we're like, that's absolutely fine. We'll build you what you want, what you think you want now, that was only one side of the floor um, had desks, the rest was breakout spaces and meter rooms. And just said, well, if it doesn't work for you in 12 months, we'll change it. We'll put some more desks in. Yeah. But we don't actually sell the desks yeah, in yeah. that sense. Like we're not driven by how many people yeah. are sitting at a desk. Yeah. We we sell space. Yeah. So for us, I don't care. You could be you could have a whole floor and just be one person yeah. on there if you want to. Yeah. Pretty weird thing to do. But like <laughs> absolutely go for it. Um, but the way our like our business is going to go in the future is just going to be about listening to people and just creating the space they want, uh, and that's where the culture piece comes massively into because every company's different. Like, yeah. what's perfect for one company isn't for another. No, no, no. yeah. And
0: one one of the things I have been reading is a lot more people are looking at co-working spaces and flexible workspace because they don't want a ten or twenty year lease either. So yeah. Yeah. they'll come to you and say, "Great." We need. We've got ten people now. We might be twenty people, but can we take this space? Mm-hmm. And if they don't have a twenty-year lease, they don't have to put a lot of money into it. Yeah. For you guys, that that def- I think the future's quite quite bright. I think. Yeah,
3: I mean, figures and occupancies been going certainly in a very good way. So um, no, I think it, it makes a lot of sense. And the offering though has to keep up. <coughs> like it has to just keep
0: getting better and be that much more ahead of the market. Lewis, from a service now perspective how much because you guys have evolved a lot Mm. right since day one of it service how much of your platform now is around the hr piece and getting feedback from people because one of the things we haven't talked about is and i think needs to happen more is the feedback from employees but not just your own employees but your the customers who use your platform have you got that in your platform yet
2: yeah, for sure. And I think that the beauty of ServiceNow is that it talks between silos. Yeah. So like any company, they have an IT silo, HR silo, workplace silo. Yeah. Whereas the beauty of the platform is that all the workflows are integrated. So if I have a problem in workplace that impacts IT, it flows into that, right? And I think the pandemic to kind of take it away from workplace and go to sorry workflow and into people has helped kind of break the silos down because I've had to work with HR more than ever in my yeah. life. IT, um, you know, and those you know, safety and security, etc. So I think that, you know, uh, that portion there has helped the business kind of from a people perspective. And I think that, you know, coming back to, I know it's the tech sector, but we're always, and even more so now people-led, if we don't listen to what their needs and wants are, because I'd say that people are more in a power position at the moment, yes. especially with like flexibility, then you're, you're playing a pretty dangerous game so we, you know we won't uh, you know, i'm I'm, sorry. I'm kind of on the side of not pandering to every employee's needs because you'll never do it and i think you do need to have guidelines around flexibility etc yeah. but yeah we certainly listen to you know we survey everyone to death you know to, to yeah. understand what they want i think coming back to kind of the co-working space is that you know companies will want their brand brand identity still you know in a co-working space you know that culture that type of thing and i think that's a big thing for me if i was looking out into the market you know to, to understand that but
0: like chris said for them it's space it's not just desk so whatever branding and you know yeah
2: but right? i agree with the flexibility thing yeah. like so if, if you were to come and say we're just going to put desks in there then it's not going to work for, for anyone right? yeah i mean
3: no one really operates a lot of the space as a call center which is yeah. what the kind of Prevailing thing of and, and this is where you get kind of caught up in terms like co-working. Like we do very little with co-working, we basically have private offices. Yeah, like 90 odd percent of our business and revenue is just private offices. Yeah. But we have that layer of immunity that then goes on top. Yeah. The co-working model, the true form, which is individuals going and sitting next to individuals, that really suffered during the pandemic. And I don't think it comes back because the issue with that is that you've got so many, uh, so much competition because you've got competition from Starbucks.
0: Yeah every private member's club, all yeah. of these things. So it's just not a market that we want well, to be in. So. Well and Don Lewis now have even said that they'll put co working spaces in their stores. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's a great idea.
2: Yeah. Good. Go I for think that. that would be like yeah, yeah. I think that like in terms of like suburbs and those hot spots, that you know, that type of model makes sense. I think it'd be very interesting in like London and things like that as to what happens and how companies tend to do it, you know. Because the you know, the two and a half hour commute. Those people will have to be supported in some capacity, whether yeah. that's in their home or, or, or they get given yeah, access, right? Yeah. So you know, our WeWork enterprise thing is probably going to, you know, go up globally because people want that, you know. And but we're very, it's still very much like you know we want to generate the culture, so we don't want to have a, such a disparate population that anybody can be anywhere. Yeah. You know, we're very conscious of maintaining that and still having hubs you yeah. know, for people to come into.
0: So we've got some quick fire questions here that I need to run through. If I don't Charlotte will yell at me. Uh, so I will fire these off. Each one of you. What, so something we're talking about: work from home or office?
1: Office.
0: Uh, office. Yeah. All four of us yeah. office. Uh, so co-working space or own office?
1: Mix of both, yeah. I was gonna say, dep- dependent on the business, yeah. yeah, where you are. If you're a startup, one person co working great, if you're a 30 person person and above that's trying to create their own environment and their own their own brand, I'd probably say private office. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I,
0: I think you're right, Chris. I think more and more people are going into spaces that are generally larger mm-hmm. and wanting spaces like yours rather than taking traditional rents. Mm-hmm. And because if they take a space in uncommon. You can be flexible enough to change it much faster than they can. Yeah. Because you know We've got whole teams that do it. And whole teams that do it. But when, when you're a bank, that's not your bread and butter. You've got to bring someone in to then say, right, how do you want to do this? How, you know, how do you want us to redesign? And then there's a whole process. But if you've got them in the building all day, every day, and you see how they work and how they operate, and you've got information that and data to help you with that, it's much better solution and much easier for them to not have to think about and for them. If they don't have to bring the contractors in and do everything else and you can do it for them, I I think what you're doing will grow massively. I think it's a capital
2: expense as well for a company like us not to have that, to be yeah. able to do that. It's, yeah. it's massive, you yeah. know, because especially now that we have to justify everything we do in the yeah. workplace, how yeah, yeah. do you
3: again? Yeah. Definitely... yeah we can, tr- obviously we have eight suppliers that we, because we're doing it over scale, you then get the economies of scale. Scaled, so that's how yeah. it works. And your point on flexibility, like, at, like that, People want the flexibility of not signing a ten-year lease or a five year lease. And you can see that with the terms just dropping down. Yeah, yeah. But actually when we're talking about flexibility, they also don't want one month or two months. <laughs> <of term. laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like no one does that. Yeah. So I think that was when people start to say
0: flexible, that that's what they thought they were saying, but they're not. We're talking
3: one, two, yeah, no, three yeah, yeah, terms. yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. Otherwise you can say, sorry, I've got a better deal with another customer. You'll oh, be yeah. out you'll be out in the month. <laughs>
1: yeah. There is a there is a trend as well, like with the traditional landlords, conventional style leases are generally terms are, you know, come down quite yeah. quite dramatically. And we've also seen landlords now saying that they'll they'll carry out fit outs on behalf of the client. Yeah. Category, yep. Plus, all these buzzwords flying around at the minute in terms of what that actually means. But you know, fitted spaces are becoming more popular and that, that is a reaction to the fact that people don't want capex they, they want shorter leases um, and so I think that's a bit bit more of a trend but that needs to evolve that's, that's you know around the service industry you, you guys have sort of catapulted that um, and now the traditional landlords have gone oh you know I need to do something here so they're trying to catch up but there's a long way to go before they do you know do catch up with the service world but it's definitely changing like right? you can see you can see that Um yeah. people just aren't going to pay money you know they're not going to pay Two million pounds for a fit-out now. They don't, they don't want to spend that money. That they want that to recruit people. Yeah. Um, so landlords are going to have to put their hands in their pockets.
0: They are, and it's that's that's going to be a bit of a cutthroat world, I think, for the next yeah. the next few years, yeah, especially but, with yeah. people now looking more at their end at their end of their lease more than ever before. Whereas before yeah. they're like, yeah, we'll just roll over. Yeah. Actually, do I have too much space? Can I shrink down and spend more money and create an awesome space? Yeah. Can I just go and go to Uncommon instead yeah. of taking my own space? Yeah. Forget another 10-year lease, let's go and get year on year with Uncommon and get you know, a flexible space. Not flexible, you know, not co-working, but flexible
1: yeah.
3: space. Yeah, I mean, no one writes 10-year business plans. So no. why on yeah. earth <laughs> you take 10-year
0: lease? That's very true, that's very true. Uh, sleeping pods, yay or nay? I'm
1: an A on these, yeah. Not, not. Um, we've we've had a couple of clients put them out. Firstly, I think it encourages people staying too long in the office, which I don't think is a good thing. Um, and and it just doesn't feel like a good
2: use of space to put you in a bed for someone to sleep in. So, yeah, not not for me. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have any, so I'd say no. But if you're looking at like future work flexibility, working any hours, and someone wants to come in and mm-hmm. sleep, then I would have an argument for that um
3: I'll go meditation pods area, yes but sleeping pods operationally as well I, yeah they're called hotels
0: yeah like. <laughs> yeah I I'm I'm a, I'm a no I don't' know if, I'm in, if I'm asleep I'm in my own bed I don't want to crash out yeah. anywhere else but there, there there are some trains of thoughts of people saying well techies like to work strange hours mm. like get up really late 11 or 12 go to work work do stuff, crash out for a bit and then they wake up and they've got an idea. Mm. But still I don't know. And personally I'm a no, because I, I you know if I'm asleep, I'm in my own bed, hopefully with my wife. But it's uh it's it's yeah, I I can't see it. You know, that that's the valuable space. I, I'm meditation rooms, yes, but but valuable space for, you know, people sleeping, mm. you know. I, I don't know if you've ever worked in Asia, but in Asia, people sleep at lunchtime all the time oh, right, okay. uh, at their desks, yeah. but none of them have beds and none of them have sleeping pods to do this. It's mm. like if you want to sleep, you sleep at your desk or under your desk, even which some of them do. But it's, uh, Yeah, I'm, I'm a no as well. Uh, your favourite office that you've,
1: you've ever worked in, yours must be a new one. Oh it's got to be that's <laughs> like, <it's laughs> it's unbelievable. So, yeah no it is, it, 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 I think it's been great to design it ourselves. It's finally you know a space that we've actually got that we're really really happy with and that's all what we wanted to do so, yeah. yeah definitely
2: Maybe Lewis I'd probably say the one we did uh, kind of we delivered it over the pandemic in Pentetech for Israel just a cool space kind of fits the needs of the business it's kind of future that just looks good just yeah. looks good. Yours, be yours. Uh,
3: well, ours, but it's like, I can't pick one, it's picking a favourite <laughs> child. <so. laughs>
0: uh, they're, they're all great for different reasons. Yeah, mine, I would love to say it was here, but it's not. So when I when I worked and lived in Asia, like 98, 99, I worked for a telco company. And back then we had a very cool office. So we were in uh, IFC1 in Hong Kong and we looked over the, the harbour. And even back then, we did. We weren't flooded with desks. We did have some very cool breakout spaces, and they were all by the windows where you could just look out over over Hong Kong Harbour, Victoria Harbour. That's like that's going way back. But we were a tech company. We were, you know, data centers building data centers, running undersea cable. So back then, in the dot com boom, we were classed as a, a very young and hip and trendy tech company to work for. Yeah. And even back then, tech was tech was doing it then because if you didn't, even back then, you know people would leave if you know worldcom you know we were level three there was at t sprint worldcom behind the pacific there were all of these others if you didn't have an awesome office
1: awesome offers and give everyone great kit they're off yeah. they're yeah. off somewhere else yeah. so it's interesting as well like whilst Star office is, is my favourite in terms of like uh, buildings on the market. You've got things like 100 Liverpool Street, but it's scheme at Fortgate. I went there 20, the other week. It's an awesome. I mean, it's blowing. It's, a, it's like, an amazing done. building. Yeah, yeah. it's 22 Bish. Is yeah, you know, mm-hmm. uh, we're lucky to enough to have a tour around it. I mean, what they've done there is incredible. I don't. Too excited about office buildings, you see so many, but those two stand out. They are incredible forward thinking buildings, so yeah. they're going to be the future. They are that. That's
0: the <clears throat> I haven't been in 22 yeah. yet, but I've been in 100 Liverpool Street. That's yeah, I like you being in so many, you just kind of walk in, sign in, and move on. But that yeah. 100 Liverpool Street that is yeah, an amazing space, yeah.
1: incredible. Yeah. So, and that's technology, I think they've not taken it too far it's kind of what, what needs to be there and you can actually see the advantages it has to what it brings to the building um, but just in terms of spaces circulation spaces the common areas what we've done in those two buildings is incredible yeah,
0: yeah. sitting down or standing up desks
1: I probably go standing up I'm much more alert stood up. our meetings are much more productive if we have everyone stood around our collaboration area they're probably 25% less in terms of time, uh, and probably 25% more productive. Oh wow, that's because good to know. You, um, people don't start slouching, you know, not actually concentrating, I think
2: they're much more focused on stand-up. So we give everyone a sit to stand desks, so they have the choice. Um, I'd probably say standing as well. I walk around way too much, so I tend to walk around the buildings all the time, so yeah, standing
0: choice you can make it go up and down yeah yeah, yeah i'm the same I, although i although we don't have them here i sit on a ball actually i don't sit on a chair but after a while the ball tells you you need to get up because yeah. otherwise your, your, your back start the your muscles. you're using your core and and your, and your back to sit down but yeah I, I think flexibility we're talking about it here about how we give you yeah. know change everything from the the option of sit or stand desk mm-hmm. but just change. yeah. we'll come to you come on because <laughs> we were chatting about
2: this the other day if we were talking about kind of like desks and you know mm-hmm. having to put a sensor underneath there and all those different like the charging you know charging oh, yeah. points on the desk and things i think that that should be the the future kind of an integrated thing so when you're an employee and you come in you're not looking for a charging point it's all kind of intuitive and i'd say kind of the You know, a lot of employees and things are starting not entitlement is the wrong word, but there's you know, the demand for kind of that type of stuff is expected now. I think within service now, especially with like the workflows and things, if something isn't working well with the reservation, the management system, all that, you you certainly hear about about
0: it. it. Yeah, very quickly. Before lockdown, I went to a a show, uh, an office show where they had desks, one desk had its own heating and cooling, and it was up and down desk as well. I'm like, okay. That, that was. So like, it was an expensive desk, but how <laughs> much you've, how, you know, you can have some people full blast heat all year round and some people full blast cold, you know, that your hot, and, your heat map would be off the charts. It's
2: like the yeah. utopia, isn't it, where, you, you know, the BMS knows you're there you and <laughs> knows what you like, the music, the senses, you know, all that type of stuff, you know, utopia. We, we've, we've all answered this one as well, face-to-face
0: meetings or virtual, we all know that's face-to-face. Yeah. We answered that one before. When you're not working, where do you spend your time? Or how do you spend your
1: time? Uh, like socially or in the uh, pub. Any, any, anything. How, how do you spend your time when you're not working? Yeah, well, looking after my two-year-old. Well, that's what I do. <laughs> Full-time job. Yeah. So
2: yeah. Yeah, I'd say Lewis. friends and doing sports. Been into sports. that's uh, where sports? I spend most of my time. I'm um, actually running the Paris Marathon in two oh, weekends' wow. time. Nice. But that is my first marathon. So I, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I wouldn't say I do all the time, but You're, you're entering into the one percent club. So one percent of the planet is one a marathon. Oh yeah. Yep. Well,
0: that makes me feel a lot better if I do it. Yeah, it's yeah. a stat that someone told me a while ago who who ran their I'm first marathon. So right. Oh, wow. Ah. <laughs> you're in you're it like yeah, a, you're in an even I'm smaller right. so we percentage club. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> You've just got I'm to catch four. up. Yeah. <laughs>
3: <She's>
2: <laughs> well, yeah. Jesus. Next time we do a
0: podcast. <laughs> Next time we do a podcast, you'll have to have done more
2: than one. Yeah,
3: yeah. yeah. John, I'll give me some tips. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, any, basically any sport that can almost kill me sends to attract me so that's tend to whether it's jumping out planes
0: fighting various people in jujitsu anything like that any sport kind of my so, thing yeah i'm a sports nut as well i do i don't, I don't do much running anymore because i've got a knackered ankle that i need a, an operation on but i'm going to wait till the winter but kickboxing for a long time and then now it's yeah, kayak, kayaking there. cycling and running when i can nice. so yeah which is now starting to be a pain because. Running is my winter sport, and my ankles knackered. So, right, yeah. Yeah. my wife. Cycling around London's getting better though. It like, is, isn't like, it? yeah. Like like, so, like there are cycle
3: lanes everywhere now, yeah, so well, much to the annoyance of every driver, which <laughs> I
0: <also laughs>
3: really
2: enjoy. It. Yeah.
0: I live next door to Richmond Park, so I'm quite spoiled. Ah, yes. so, oh yes. exactly. yeah, yeah, yeah. So literally, it's a nice loop. That it's not it. Yeah, it's not even a kilometre from my house, so I do that four days a week. So Very either good. morning or evening. So, uh, knowing what you know now. What advice would you give to your younger self? I don't know where that question came from. That's even that's related to what we're
2: talking about. But hey, I'd be about 10, I think. I don't mind going first. What advice? Is that just general That's general. I think it doesn't have anything else wrapped around it. That is, that is, yeah.
0: (laughs) I thought we were going about offices and things, but we've gone off on a tangent. What would you tell your younger self? I'd say let's let's make it about work because life that could go on a whole different tangent. I think I, I think for me I'd
2: try and get in the tech space sooner uh, and learn more like code and that type of stuff. I I think that would be useful in kind of maybe the world we'll go into and kind of the real estate workplace because I think it's ripe for disruption in both the the physical and also the technology space. Yeah. Yeah,
3: I'd buy a lot of Bitcoin.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you would be here. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I wouldn't be here. Be, yeah, right. yeah, I'd, be yeah. I'd be on my island. Yeah, yeah.
0: Be
3: like, yeah. not worry about air, air quality. On an island,
0: outside. Yeah, where it's yeah. nice. There's a little micro in plastics in the water, but hey, you have got yeah. enough money, you could get that filtered <laughs> yeah. out. Yeah. So, Toby. Uh, I probably say don't
1: put too much pressure on yourself because it all comes good in the end. So.
2: Well, I like well, that. Sort of cool.
1: yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. Nice. Yeah, I tend to do that. But I would have bought Bitcoin as well. Yeah. Then I wouldn't have to worry. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's the best advice. Well, and then you literally would not have to spend your time indoors. You could yeah. you could spend your time outside wherever you want, whichever country you want, whichever island you want. You wouldn't be able to buy lots, but it depends on how much Bitcoin Bitcoin you bought. But yeah, if I could spend my I'm I'm an Aussie, so I was from my youngest age, my mum was like, Get out of the house and come back when you <laughs> when you need to eat or go to the toilet. So and weather is conducive to that whereas here it's not and we spend a lot more time indoors i was <clears throat> i was in oslo two weeks ago uh and talking to a guy who was norwegian's uh, you know most accomplished downhill skier and he said i am the op- I, I was the opposite until i retired i spent 90 percent of my time outdoors and now i'm spending more time indoors mm. and he said it's it's horrible he's like i'm you know i'm in a I said, What are you going to do then? He said, I'm going to go and train people or go, you know, his knees are a bit knackered. So he's like, I'm, I can't physically do downhill all the time anymore, but he's going to try and figure out what he can do to just yeah. remain outside because indoors, air is worse than it is outdoors. There's you know, when we open a window, we used to say years ago, we'll let some fresh air in, but actually,
2: it's not fresh air anymore that's coming in. But I think with like the winter months coming, it gets darker working from home. I'll be interested to see then if we hear the. Demand to say go into the office. Yeah. I get the illness thing over the you know yeah. the, the holiday period of going into winter, but I think the isolation will you know kind of get yeah. worse.
1: Well, it was yeah. starting. You know, we, we definitely saw there was it that increase in people yeah. coming back. and Then obviously we had another lockdown, but yeah. you could feel that people were coming back because yeah. you didn't want to be at home all yeah. the time. Yeah, you know, yeah. five hours a day, like a day, it kind of that's going to weigh you down with yeah. no interaction with people. People, yeah. It, 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 was, it was
0: hard for a lot of people, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, the, the amount of mental health issues, one of the one the of well, there were quite a few negative things, but the positive thing, I think, out of it is everyone's realised they like people and they want to be around people. Mm. The negative part was the loneliness. And, you know, mm. coming into winter now, I think we'll see it get busier and busier in yeah. London. I don't think we'll see more people staying yeah. at home, you know unless it's completely pissing rain or it snows or something then people will stay home you know unless there's no respite in the rain i think i think people care how cold it is i think people will come
2: in because that was my probably biggest regret is in terms of how we handled the pandemic is we didn't open soon enough like we didn't allow people to come back like the noise of people saying i want to come back because of x y and z like we had a very rigid kind of stance on what we needed to do in order to open the physical office and that's kind of me looking back. I was like, we're probably a bit too strong. But, but
0: lots, to you weren't the only ones. Lots of companies did it, right? They were they were erring on the side of caution, right? because there were lots of people who wanted to get out of home and get in. You know, a lot of, a lot of people have a house. Some people have you know shared flat shares, yeah, or yeah, they live yeah. in a shared, yeah. a bed sit or a, or a you know a flat, literally one bedroom flat.
2: Getting out is
0: massively important. But a lot of people weren't, you know. Yeah. There's more. There's some, my physio was telling me he's busier than ever from people mm. working at home rather than going to the office. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah. I, I think yeah, more and more people will come into the office even in the winter. Yeah, it'll be interesting. One of our, our head of tech, Sam, and Julian, one of our techs, Julian said they, they do bets all the time, never more than three quid. But Julian said there's definitely going to be a lockdown at the end of September, so he's he's had to cough up three quid. But I don't think they'll bring one in. I mean, the, no, the numbers. I'd the numbers be very surprised. Yeah, I'd be very surprised. There's a lot of, yeah,
2: yeah we've got bigger fish to fry at the moment. So uh, yeah,
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah, I agree.
2: Petrol so, would be nice. Yeah. I managed
0: to fill up the other morning on my way to kayak training. It was quarter past five. I have to leave and go from Putney to Richmond. And I was driving along. The, the shell was open. I'm like, frustrated. Filled, filled <laughs> yeah. up, my like, results. I've got a full <laughs> tank of fuel, because I had 30 miles left on the clock.
2: Yeah, so. about where I am. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'd be very surprised. I yeah, yeah, yeah I'd
0: be I'd be surprised. I, I, I would be as well. I know there was talk of it, but I'd be, I'd be very surprised. Mm-hmm. I think, I think there would be uproar, and I don't think people would, listen would listen. I think you know, being an Aussie, and be a bit like what Australia was doing in that, unfortunately. I'm an Aussie, but there's a lot of anti-vaxxers. And that's, I'm not, I don't think I agree with that. Well, I don't agree with that. But there's people now going, like, lockdown, we're done. 236 mm-hmm. days of lockdown are yeah. finished. So they're just, they're leaving home. So, yeah, yeah, I, I don't think there'll be one here. Right. Onwards and upwards for the winter drinking season.
2: Yeah.
0: i uh, i will stop drinking in October. So when we go to the pub, if we go to the pub afterwards, I'm not drinking. Just, <laughs> I'll buy you all beer or whatever you would like. Uh, Jeds, thank you very much for coming in. Thank you very much for your time. We've actually run yeah. over time, so obviously this was a proper ramble. Uh, thank you, everybody, <laughs> for for joining in. Uh, really appreciate it. Uh, our next PropTech ramble, which should have on my notes, if I don't, I won't be telling you. Uh, no, I don't. Uh, do I? No, I don't. So I won't tell you what it is. I can make it up. Yeah, let's make it up. What are we going to talk about next week? Definitely. Um,
3: Uh, Bitcoin, (laughs) (laughs) when to buy it and how to buy it. (laughs) When you pay your rent on Bitcoin.
0: (laughs) Everybody, thank you very much for joining. Take care.